I'm Sylvie. Welcome to the podcast of the new school of creativity. They make me smarter. We're going to meet smart and creative people who have something to teach us. For each episode, with the artist Pierre Guité, we design a tool to help you to practice the best tips and mind tricks inspired by our guests. It should be fun and transformative. Get on board, make the world a fun place to be. Let's be bold and creative. The mind creative trick of the day. Go for the big idea. Think of the world's most influential figures in advertising, George Lois. In Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, he told the story of an epiphany he had when he was 14. In the early 20th century, Casimir Malevich changed the figure of modern art and led the Russian avant-garde into pure abstraction. 30 years later, Lois was a freshman at the High School of Music and Art in Manhattan. He was asked to create similar composition every day in a basic design course. The more they ripped off a Malevich, the more their teacher, Mr. Patterson, liked it. In the last class of the year, when Mr. Patterson once again asked them to create a design on 18 by 24 board using only rectangles and call it a final exam, Louis made his move. As his 26 classmates worked furiously, cutting and pasting, he sat motionless. Time was up. Mr. Peterson went to grab his completely empty board when he thrust his arm forwards and interrupted him by casually signing G. Loss in the bottom left-hand corner. Mr. Peterson was thunderstruck. He had created the ultimate 18 by 24 rectangle design. Louis had taught himself that his work had to be fresh, different, seemingly outrageous. From then on, he understood that nothing is as exciting as an idea. Rule number two, always go for the big idea. Welcome to episode 2. I'm speaking with Robert Prugai, a creative problem-solving expert. After the first episode where Robert told us his life story and how getting bored at university helped him to develop his own way of learning, this time Robert presents skills that we should all acquire if we want to survive in the world today. These skills as creativity are part of what we called the 21st century skills. Download the tool we designed for you, my four steps roadmap, in the post associated to this episode. Thanks for sharing. I just came from a meeting today uh, where I've been helping um, this manager out and he presented in front of our leadership group 
the project that he's working on. And he put in so much effort to give a 90-second overview. Wow. So, like, four or five days. Like, just... And he didn't realize beforehand how much work you had to put in to give that... And he, during the 90 seconds after, he goes, Rob, Robert, that was so easy. Like, they didn't question me. They said it was great. I, like, you know, the, wow. And I go, do you realize... How, like, how much work did you put? He goes, I put so much work. And I go, that's the work you need to do to get that 90 seconds. It's a skill that we don't, we don't want to take that time to say, okay, how do I say this in the elevator pitch? How do I say this in a, in a two-minute pitch? It's a 21st century skill. It, it has to be. If we're not able to capture this a tremendous amount of information that we want mm. and be able to dwindle that out mm. to its essence, um, we, there's so much lost. There's an experiment that I think is interesting and I like other people to do. Whenever they come across a discussion or a dispute or they're trying to solve a problem, listen to what people are saying. Take a minute to listen to what people are saying and are they really talking the same? Are they really understand? Is the problem that one is referring the same as the other one as the same as the other one? And I can tell you there are so many times where they're not even, we spend more time discussing the problem. Absolutely. Uh, than solutions. And why is that? Because we don't want to take the time to make the problem visible. I did this once and four people, I said, write it on a piece of paper what you think. And each one person, because we were going, I said, just humor me here. So each one wrote it on a piece of paper. It was four different problems. Yes. And once we put it on the board, they're like, oh, that's a problem? One person said. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. And it took us a lot less time to solve because we did the first, I think it's the first step to solving any problem. First step, making it visible. You, make, you put it up there, then you agree upon it, and then you can solve it. But you cannot solve any problems unless you do that first. I discovered you know, focusing on outcomes, um, and that's where the market is going right now. Absolutely. It's, they, they're not selling you products anymore. They're selling you outcomes. They're selling you what is it that you want to do. And they're gonna they'll figure that out after. I'm really excited about how this is going because we're going away from all the forms you have to fill out, all exactly. the steps you have to take. If I had a recommendation for students these days, yes. it's not about uh, the steps you take to get to somewhere, uh, right? Like you don't want to be in a place where somebody tells you, okay, you got to do this, 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 this. No because that removes your creativity, that removes uh, flexibility in how you're gonna mm. get things done. Mm. The way the works is translating is now they're, they're saying, okay, here's the, the outcome. This is how we want people to feel, to do. It's all behavior based. And so now you figure out how we're gonna hit that. Right? So for example, companies are no longer saying, here are all the features we're gonna do over the next two years. They're saying, what is how do we want the customer to use our product? Mm -hmm. What is it that we want them to feel? 
How do I learn? And this goes back to reasons why I like math and puzzles. So I would do well in classes that had formulas. I had <laughs> where I would see graphs. I would see things because I would be able to associate things to symbols. Mm. Um, when it came to words, I didn't read the words a lot. I see. Because I would get bored or I just, I was like, okay. like. Um, so when I would see formulas or I would see graphs, I would see images, that's when I'd be able to make connections because I would interpret them. And if I needed information, yes, I would read, I would go into, but that would be my like third, third way. And so when it came to like literature things, it was harder for me because I would have to, I would, there would be no symbols. It'd just be text. Wow. I could read. I have no problem just going, reading fiction and, and so forth. But when it comes to learning, I, I need to draw. I'll make symbols in the, um, uh, in the chap, in, in the, the marginella. Yeah. yeah. And then what I'll do is on the bottom of the page, I will put the importance of whether or not I, the symbols or, or the stuff that I put. So, cause normally I'll, I'll skim through the bottom to see things. And then if I see, oh wait, I put something very interesting, then I'll open it and I'll go to it. Can you give us an example of a few symbols you have? Uh, well, one I learned uh, in high school was just uh, a triangle mm -hmm. with an exclamation mark in it. That meant very, very important. Um, I do the symbol of um, a bubble for idea. Right? So I'll, I'll, I'll do a little thing just to say, hey, there's an idea here. Like I should look into it more. Um, I have the, the connection, so kind of like a mind map, but my own, I'll just say, okay, this leads to this, which then the consequence leads to that. I only have about five or six symbols that I use, mm. um, but I've met people who can tell whole stories with symbols, and I just find that unbelievable. Symbols and illustrations are I mean, vital, I think one of the first ways that somebody can learn. Uh, and the second way I learn is just trying, hmm. um, failing, but trying. Uh, so for example, if I see, I see a problem, I look at it and I said, okay, how did they get there? How did they solve it? Or how do I get that answer? I don't want to read a book. So like in a textbook you have say, three, 400 pages and you're supposed to read it and then you get tested on, you know, maybe an obscure line on page, whatever. I don't like that way of thinking. Um, you like to see the problems and with the solutions and after you try to understand how they get to that solution? Uh, it depends on what type of problem it is. Okay. So if it's a mathematical problem or something and they just put the solution, then yeah, I want to know how I'll work it backwards. Okay. Then I will understand how they think. Okay. But just putting the problem out there um, and then, okay, well, okay, how do I solve this? And that's the other thing that I think, and I'm not sure where the education system is going right now, but I would really like us to, it doesn't matter how you get there. We should be rewarded with the way we got there as opposed to the end result. So what are the steps you took? Okay, you got it wrong. That's okay, but it's okay to get things wrong as long as you tried and you put in the effort. But see, I look at it from the academics, right? Is how do you judge that? 
I put a link to the way we were taught in school versus how we work now. Yes. And how we work now is we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to make mistakes. We're, we're so paralyzed by it that we don't want to necessarily try. And yes. we have to think of everything in order. And I've seen it. I know people who do this. They're very smart people. But they're, because they've, they've had success or things mm. like that, they're afraid to fail because they don't yes. want to show that vulnerability. Yes. And I do think there, there's a link to how it was taught to us in school. And how it was taught in school is, listen, you got the answer, yes, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Yes, no. Exactly. It wasn't, hey, I tried this, it didn't mm. work, mm. right? And it's so hard to get you out of that mind frame and work. Like one of the things I'm trying to push is, you know, trying things. If yes. they don't work, they don't work, but at least we're, we, we're trying. How do we get away from the, the end result yes. versus the outcomes that we want to, to go? Like I, I had a, another conversation today about um, what do we focus on in outcomes, right? Do we focus on how many users are doing this? Say, for example, you are going on a trip with your family, right? So you got your kids, you're going, and the night before, the day of, one of your kids gets a fever. They get sick, and you have to cancel, right? Is, you know, at the end of the day, was it important that you went on the trip? Or why, why did you go on the, want to go on the trip in the first place? Was it because you decided, oh, we, we need to go here? No. The, the reason was It was to be together. It's to create memories together. Exactly. So now you have a decision to make. The outcome is still there. You so can still... The outcome is to make memories. You can travel at home. Yeah. yeah. And that's... If you focus on that outcome yeah. of making the memories... Mm it's so much more powerful than going on a trip. Time to practice. Get inspired by the most influential figures in advertising, George Lewis, and the creative solving problem expert, Robert Prugai. Download the printable My Four-Step Roadmap. Find your big idea and put your next project on the fast track. A last quick story to help you to work on your next big idea. The greatest advertising, poster, packaging, magazine cover, book cover, logotype design needs to connect instantly with the human brain and heart to remain memorable. Lois created a minimalist ad in 1960 for colding cough syrup. It's a page completely black with only two codes written in a simple white typo. The first one, John, is that Billy coughing? The second one, get up and give him some colding. The pre-feminism reparty of the sleepy couple in being awakened by their coughing kid was the talk of the ad world when it hits the newsstand. No product, no logo, no diagram. What last teaches us, if you cannot express your thinking concisely and surprisingly, 
and literally communicated visually in a nanosecond, it's not a big idea. Now you play, and don't miss next week the third and last episode with Robert, What Happens When You Fail. Cheers. Thank <music> you.